Getting sober requires a lot more than mind over matter, a lot more than willpower. It's about leveraging the support around you. People in recovery typically need a mix of medical help, emotional support, and changes in lifestyle to manage their addiction, not just mental determination. As both a therapist and someone embracing the recovery lifestyle, there's one tool I always recommend to people needing extra accountability, Soberlink. Soberlink is a high-tech breath analyzer system designed to help you get and stay sober. And here's why I love it. You'll test the same day every day, eliminating testing anxiety. Friends and family receive instant test results, helping you rebuild trust and preventing relapse. Accountability is a part of that, and it's something to really be embraced. Devices have built-in facial recognition, so your support circle knows you're testing, and tamper-resistant sensors flag any attempts at trying to beat the system, so your sobriety is never questioned. So let 2024 be your best year yet. Visit Soberlink.com forward slash T-A-M to sign up and receive $50 off your device. That's Soberlink.com forward slash T-A-M. And let accountability be your guide. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey, well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Addicted Mind podcast. My name is Dwayne Osterland, and I'm your host, and we are on to episode 130. Today, my guest is Dennis Berry. He is author of The Funky Brain, A Practical Guide to Life, as well as the host of the Funky Brain podcast. His expertise is in life mastery. He has been sober since April 8th, 2003 during which time he became a successful businessman, athlete, and family man. His journey in recovery helped him find his mission in life, which is to help others achieve inner peace and success and mastery every area of their lives. Dennis knows what it's like to be helpless and hopeless with no positive direction. He was able to climb out of the gutter and transform his life, and he spends his life helping others do the same. On this episode, Dennis and I talk about practical steps you can take in order to mitigate your suffering, ease your pain, and create the meaningful life that you want. So I hope you enjoy this episode and get a lot out of it, and it helps you on your journey of recovery. All right, stay tuned. All right, everybody, welcome to the Addicted Mind podcast. My guest today is Dennis Barry, author of Funky Wisdom, A Practical Guide to Life. Dennis, introduce yourself. Thank you, Dwayne. Nice to be here. I love the title, The Addicted Mind, and uh, I think it's uh, such a great title. So fitting. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Well, my name is Dennis Barry. Yeah, I'm a life coach for addiction recovery, life mastery. And well, I don't really know where to start. I basically well, know, but... I, just tell me about you. Tell me about your story. How did this book come to be? Like, sure. how did it start? 
Uh-huh. Yeah, actually, I didn't even plan on writing it. You know, so I, April 8th, so today's April 20-something, but on April 8th, I had 18 years of sobriety. And, you know, over the years, one of the things I learned, it took a few years, I think, before I realized that it wasn't about not drinking. It's not a not drinking contest. It's about right. growing up. It's about looking the world in the eye and, uh, you know, acting like a mature adult. And what we strive for really is emotional sobriety. It's right. like being able, how do I respond to situations? Am I angry, resentful, upset, sad, whatever the feeling of the day is? Or am I responding intelligently with compassion and love and understanding? So it depends on my mood. And that's why I, and my mind, my addicted mind. How am I doing? And, you know, after about over 10 years, I, or, God, 13 years, 12, 13 years of sobriety, I was, I was walking one day and I had all these thoughts coming in and I started writing them down. And then I would go on, I would take the dog on long walks and I started speaking my ideas into my phone. They had the little microphone thing. And I had all these notes and all of a sudden I put this book together. I didn't even plan on it. And, um, you know, my, my ultimate, well, at first it was just like, I need to get these thoughts out of my head. And then it became wow, look, I have like 50 pages. And I was like, maybe I could help somebody with this book. You know, right? if I can, and that's why I do what I do now. And I'll, I'll go into the book in a second. But the, what I do is, you know, one of the things I realized as a, as a coach was I have a this one client in particular right now. He's about a year in and lights are really starting to go off. He's really starting to understand life on a whole new different level. You know, his awareness is heightened. Everything he's seeing the world just differently and with new glasses. And his whole world is his small, what used to be his small world is opening up. And what I realized was it took me like five years to get where he is. Right, right, yeah. You know, and my goal now is really, it's like if I could shorten that learning curve exponentially for people and help them come to an understanding about themselves and their place in the world, whatever that might be for everybody's a little, a little different and it's always ever changing, then that's really like our work here, right? Absolutely. So the title of your book is Funky Wisdom. Yeah. And what I'm thinking as you're talking and you're telling the story is that this is in some ways hard-won wisdom, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, you're you're describing how you're getting sober and you're sitting there, but yet something else is happening and going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. So that title comes from uh, my friends in uh, sobriety and recovery in the, the old program I used to be part of years ago. They used to say, oh, Dennis has funky brain. And so because I used to just talk and talk because I didn't know what was going on. I, I, I was one of those people at first. I was like, I just need to stop drinking. I didn't know. Right there was a, this whole other level of growing and living differently. I just was like, all right, I need to stop drinking because I'm going to die soon. That's what right. I, I thought. And so I would just go in and share in these meetings and just throw up all over the place about life and blaming people and resentments and fear and anger. And, blah, blah. and then they would say, Dennis has funky brain. So I was going to call my book Funky Brain, but I like funky wisdom because it implies growth. It implies, hey, I was here and I'm learning some stuff along the way and now I'm here. There's some wisdom there. And uh, so I call my podcast the Funky Brain Podcast. And That's awesome. 
yeah, there's all different types of stuff going on in the podcast there. It's like the the addicted mind and, and, and funky brain. You know, it's when we're in this space of kind of chaos and suffering and we're in addiction and are we're we're really offline in a way and we are kind of funky and our thinking is kind of funky i I was reading some of your book and you were talking about how your thoughts were all over the place and you you couldn't organize it and you had to start putting it together Mm, yeah and so that'll i guess we could bleed into uh the how approach and, you know, the, the how approach to life and people ask me all the time, and this was a whole section in my book, how do I become sober? How do I become successful? How do I have healthy relationships? How do I improve my health? And the answer is in the question, how? H-O-W, and it stands for honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. And I, I have to first be honest and say, hey, something's not going right. You know, something's off. I'm not living well. My relationships aren't going well. My health is well, isn't well. I can't stop drinking, snorting cocaine, watching porn, whatever your addiction is, right? So now when I can honestly admit there's a problem, now I can fix it. You can't solve a problem you can't admit exists. That part, I mean, that can that could be a difficult part just to be honest. Yeah. So no, there would be a lot of pain there. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's usually the pain. When you're in enough pain, that's when the change can occur. Because we don't like change as human beings. We want we find a way to be comfortable and get somewhere. And getting there is is hard. We we bump into walls, we stub our toes, we fail, we produce these results that aren't favorable or aren't where we want to be. And when we finally get to that place where it doesn't hurt as much, we're like, all right, I'm just gonna hang out here for a while. We don't like change. And then eventually what happens is whatever you're doing doesn't work. And when I find this, I find this. When I'm stressed out, angry, resentful, fearful, you know what I find is usually that the world changed and I didn't change along with it. Ah. And so I go into a state of panic. Why isn't my business working as well as it once did? Well, what happened? Well, the world changed and I didn't change along with it. So I need to pivot. But we become comfortable. And so that's what we're talking about here. Now I can honestly say, all right, the world changed. So I can honestly say, all right. I have to make a change. Now there's a problem because I'm not making as much money as I used to or that alcohol I can't drink anymore because it's killing me or my relationship is codependent and I don't know how to deal with that. So I can say, all right, now I can work on this problem. And then we move into open-mindedness. So once I can say, all right, I'm honest. I can honestly say that there's something wrong and it needs to be fixed. And now now because I'm in enough pain, and I've admitted there's a problem. Now I could be open-minded to listening to new ideas, new right, ways of living, right. right? I was going to say, like, having honesty is a difficult part, right? It, it, it's challenging because sometimes we have to look at ourselves in ways that we may not want to see and it can be painful in its own way, but we're already in pain, right? And then now being open to new possibilities yeah. can be challenging. Yeah. And having an open mind to anything, right? We're, we're just a speck in the realm of time, you know, in this endless universe that has no end to it. Like there's, you know, like what's at the end of the universe? Does anybody know? Does it, it, there's no beginning, there's no end. Same with time. Like time doesn't even exist. So I need to have an open mind to 
limitless possibilities because all we are is a speck here in time. So what right. with that time, time is our most valuable asset. Our time is finite. The universal time is infinite. So what am I doing with my most valuable asset, which is time? Most people think it's money or investments or their house or stuff, but it's time. Time right. second. Our time is finite. We're here for maybe 80 to 100 years, hopefully, right? And that that goes like that. Boom. Yep. Just back in time. So am I living with an open mind, trying to find new ways of living and adapting and enjoying this spiritual you know, experience that we're having here on earth. Right. Or am I worried about like politics or what somebody thinks about me or do I have enough money or all this crap that we spend our times worrying about that drives us into addictions like drinking or doing drugs or stuff like that. I think when we don't have an open mind, we also, you know, it, it narrows our focus and we tend to focus on the same thing over and over the same solution. And we don't see any other solution. We, we only see this one. And in some ways, we don't even realize that we're not open-minded. It, it takes a step. You have to take a step back. But it, it, once again, sometimes when you're in the crisis and in the pain and in the suffering, that could be challenging. Challenging. Yeah. Well, <laughs> to say the least, right? Yeah. Right. And when we, have, we do it, we have to take a step back and look at the big picture. And you know what I, what I find the best way to do that is having an accountability partner in your life. That's where coaches and mentors are somebody who's not emotionally attached to your stuff right? yes in your absolutely. life where you can say you know what this is what's going on and they can look from an outside point of view that because they're not emotionally attached to what you're looking at right there and say why don't you look at it this way say wow right. that's interesting i i never thought about that well and not because you're dumber or anything it's just because you're you're attached you're emotionally attached to that so I can see from up here, not because I'm smarter or better than you, but just like, this is what's really going on. And then I can look at it from an objective point of view and be like, wow, yeah. So I need to look, have that accountability in my life on so many different levels. Absolutely. I think especially when it comes to addiction, um, you really need people to to jump in there and help you reframe what's going on. Because you are, you get so attached to it, you get so in it, you can't see it. Yeah, and it's killing you and you're stuck in it because you, in most cases, we don't realize that the drinking, the drugs, the shopping, the overeating, the porn, whatever your addiction is, the screen time now, Starbucks, like all these, these are all the addictions and people think those are the problem, but it's not right. the problem. It's what I'm using to cope with my real problem, which is my addicted mind, my funky brain. It's my thinking. And if I just remove that, coping skill i still have the problem so i need right. to change my thinking otherwise i'm going to continue that's where cross addictions come from i stopped drinking but i'm not going to change my thinking my addicted mind or my funky brain and then so i'm going to start overeating because i don't know how to handle that or i'm going to start shopping with money i don't have emotional spending or i'm going to watch porn or i'm going to stare at my phone or watch netflix for six hours yep right totally so, Yes, those, those are cross addictions, right? We need to really change our thinking to really grow to new levels of awareness. Right. And let's get to the W. So W is like, once I'm honest, I say, all right, I have a problem. Things aren't going well. Now I'm open to seeing things differently. And then I become willing, willingness to apply new principles into my life to be more successful. 
How do you create willingness? <laughs> willingness comes from the pain, right? So uh, this isn't going well and I'm hurting enough to see a different way of living. And now I'm willing, and usually with some accountability or some other guided direction to move in that direction, to try a new way of living because we get attached to the way we're living, whether it's working or not. And we don't realize that it's not working, but it's getting us by. Like I'm still breathing. So I must be doing something right. I'm alive still. So I don't need to do anything different. But what if I can breathe and be more productive, effective and efficient and enjoy my life better each day? Absolutely. And and I, I like how that is just it's beautiful in its simplicity, right? It, it's just honest, open and willingness and just kind of remembering how, how do I do that? I love that analogy. I love that, that acronym. Having these simple little things in our lives, they help us because, you know, look, life gets hard. We have so we're juggling so many different things, right? I have to raise the kids, manage the relationship, the finances, the business, my health, watch politics, blah, 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 all this crap. And it's like we're not doing any one thing really well. So we really need to increase our focus. But if we can have along the way little tools like how, then yeah. we're more successful. It's like a simple little thing like that helps shift our thinking, even if just for such a short time, that all of a sudden now we're thinking clearly again. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Yeah, I can see myself if I'm in an emotional state or in some kind of pain or something, just reminding myself, how am I being honest here? Am I being open here? Am I being willing? Just asking that question in and of itself, I think can shift your whole being, your whole tone. It can. Yeah. I mean, like I said, just one little tool, you know, I mean, early on, I used to be like people would talk about this toolbox. I went to a rehab facility uh, here in Colorado and they had people, I was there for 30 days. They had people walking around with this toolbox, this like wooden toolbox. And inside there was like a, a big book. And then there was, there was some other stuff in there, but I used to think like, what, what is that toolbox? What does right. that mean to have a toolkit? And what it means is we have all these different tools in our tool belt because it's not, any one specific thing that's going to keep us sober and emotionally sober every day and on an even keel, right? But when we talk about a toolkit, you know, some of it is hypothetical. It's like, uh, or imaginary, but it's like meditation. That's a tool in my toolkit. Exercise, eating well, diet, you know, diet and exercise, drinking lots of pure water, talking with other like-minded people, um, expanding my mind, reading, listening to podcasts and YouTube videos, whatever it is growing, right? Those are all tools. So I want to know as you're talking, what I want to know is this is kind of hard won wisdom. I think like what you're talking about comes later as, as you, as you make that transition from the, the crisis and the pain to this this way of thinking and 
I want to know a little bit about your story of how you got there. Like how how did you get to funky wisdom, if that makes sense? Yeah. Interesting. Well, you know, it was a, originally I went to a lot of AA 12 step meetings and that that was my original path. That's what got me along the way. And then I just realized that I wanted like new levels of growth and awareness. And I started and I have a coach and I work with him all the time. I just got off the phone with him. And right. he and he's really well known and he's a he's like a coach to the stars kind of guy and he really guides me in direction. So everything I'm telling to you, I do as well. And right. It was kind of like trial and error. It was like, I think that, you know, we had an addiction that brought us to this way of living. And so if you sit in those rooms, the 12 step rooms, and people are like, I'm a grateful alcoholic. And in the beginning, I was like, what the hell are you talking about? What? What? How can you be grateful about that stuff? Yeah. So I'm grateful because I had that, that was the pain. That drugs and alcohol, the cocaine, the whiskey, the cigarettes, all that stuff. I'm grateful that I did all that because it got me to this new place of living and growth and understanding and awareness and effectiveness. Otherwise, uh, you know, I mean, the stuff we're talking about right now, most people will never understand. It goes over their head, this higher level of understanding, and they'll live to be 90 years old. It's that ignorance is bliss thing. So I'm yeah. grateful I went through that pain. And you know, I'll say 18 years of sobriety at this point. And through this time, I've gone through, I made a million dollars. I lost a million dollars. I've had massive success and massive failure, successful, awesome, loving relationships and true heartache. I've seen, I've seen death. I've seen everything in between massive success, massive failure. And I haven't had a drink through any of it. And in fact, I like I know how to handle my emotions and when I don't I have the tools to go that direction whereas if we go back into my addiction I had all failure all heartache all pain on a daily basis and I never knew how to process any of that even the good times I ruined with drinking or drugs or being stoned or whatever I was right, doing right right you know so yeah I don't remember did I answer your question well I I yeah I think so I mean I, you're sharing that um, transition that we go through when we start in this place of suffering and we transform it into gratitude, mm, right? Yeah. And, and, and we can look back at some of these horrible things that can happen in life, maybe our own creation or sometimes just the world, whatever it is, you know, bad stuff happens. And by being able to reframe it, we can uh, make it into something more. We can create that gratitude. And I think a lot of people, when they're in that suffering, in that moment of suffering, it's so hard to to see that there's something else out there. If you pick up the, like you said earlier, the toolbox, you pick up the toolbox and you use it, right? Yes. And And there's something else, right? Yes. Yeah. So well put. That pain pushes us into growth. And you said an important word there, and that's gratitude. Gratitude, and then there's another one, and it's really my mantra, and it's gratitude and service, right? So I've taken that pain, and that book I wrote, because if I can shorten somebody's learning curve to not, to six months to a year to grow to new levels of awareness instead of five or seven years to grow to lo- levels of awareness, that was my hope. The reason we do this podcast is that we don't, I don't know about you, I don't, I've done 
a couple hundred episodes, I don't make money off my podcast. Right. <laughs> right. So I, we do this to help people, right? I'm hoping that somebody who's suffering, who's maybe thinking about killing themselves, who's just in the pit of despair, is financially bankrupt, relationships falling apart, health is falling apart, and they can't stop drinking and doing drugs. Maybe they'll hear something that I'm doing or saying that can help pull them out of that pit. That's why we yeah. do this. Gratitude and service. I'm grateful. That's why me, I'm that grateful alcoholic drug addict who's here and every day is extra. Every day. Yeah. I almost died hundreds of times, hundreds, literally. And yeah. I'm here. And you hear about some, you know, like somebody like you who lost a, a newborn child or a five-year-old girl walking across the street gets wiped out by a drunk driver. And why am I here? Why yeah. do I get these 50 years, 49 years of life and and when i almost killed myself and others so many different times so the answer is to be of service yeah i think once you know that pain like that hurt that heartache that suffering and you can walk through it it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt sometimes i mean it still does but it's you want to give it back. You you want to, yeah, like you said, the person who's going to pick up your book, they're going to read it and maybe in that moment, make that shift, make that change, make that thought that's just going to change the trajectory. It is, yeah. And also another way to look at it is, you know, it may not help them in this moment, but we're planting those seeds. Like somebody might listen to this podcast and still be suffering for another three years. And down the road, they're going to be like, wow, I remember when Dennis and Dwayne were talking on the addictive mind and, and they said this. And that's the thing that can pull them. And it might not, maybe it'll be today or tomorrow, and maybe it'll be three years or five years from now. But we have to continue to put the word out and, to, and just to be of service. And, you know, another thing I learned about service is we're doing this. We wrote books, we do podcasts, I coach people, but service can be holding the door open for somebody. It could be smiling at somebody who's frowning in a grocery store. It could be being nice to the checkout person at the grocery store. It could be yeah. helping an old lady, you know, put her groceries in her car. All that is service work. It's just getting out of my selfish mindset where I'm worrying about me all the time. And when I'm worrying about me and things don't go the way I think things are supposed to go for me, I don't look the way I want to or need to. I don't have as much money as I have. The people in my life aren't behaving the way they need to. When I'm thinking about those things, I get stressed out, worried, fearful, angry, upset, resentful. When I'm thinking of others, I feel happy. I've, I'm living in gratitude. I'm Feeling, I'm releasing the oxytocin and the melatonin or the uh, serotonin, the happy brain chemicals that keep yep. me grounded and centered. So it's about getting out of myself, helping other people, being grateful for each moment of each day. That's how we become successful. Absolutely, and and I think it can be hard when we're in that pain to move that focus outward. But once we start to do that, and we start to do it repetitively, and we, we, we help other people, we see their pain, it actually, in some ways, like you said, pulls our pain down, or we're not focused on our pain, we're not as in it, we're not self absorbed. And, you know, just thinking about how much we're hurting. Yeah, and I didn't know, let's, let's go back 
to when I was five years old, I was already full of fear and uh, insecurities. My grandmother said to my mother, he worries like a little old man. You know, I was five years old. I already was full of that. So I didn't know how to do life. I didn't know how to handle life like I see other people doing. But you know what I'm learning as I get older is that and this is a meme we see out in the meme world. But it's like, you know, the older I get, the more I realize nobody really knows what the hell they're doing. Everybody's just kind of winging it. Let's try this today. You know, and sometimes we have better days than others. But what happened is I didn't know how to do life, you know, and as as I turned in when fast forward 10 years and I was 15 years old and I started drinking and getting stoned. I was like, like, what a relief. I don't have to feel that way anymore. But what happens is then I, you fast forward another 15, 16 years and I was 31 and I never still never learned how to cope. So now I'm 31 years old with the brain of a five or 15 year old and still don't know how to handle life. So the the reason most people fail in sobriety well, it's hard, right? But right. secondly, it's like we we have to learn how to live a new way, and yeah. people fail to do that, so they get into the cross addictions. But what happens, and this is what you were talking about earlier, it's like, you know, maybe I'll get sober, and then I'm going to learn how to deal with financial issues, and then I learn how to do that, and then because it's going to happen again, so in a year from now. I have to deal with financial issues again. And I'll say, oh, well, I could do that because I just did that last year. So now I learned that. Or I have to deal with relationship problems. And then a year later, you're going to have to deal with relationship problems. Or depending on your relationship, it might be a week later. (laughs) Right? Right, right. And now I'm learning along the way how to handle life. And it takes time. And it takes time. And I think the other important part you said earlier, too, is having other people in your life to help you. Right. I mean, like having accountability, having other people that can look at what you're going through, give you feedback because you're, like you said, in your funky brain, you in a way can't think straight (laughs) because you have all of your emotions going on. Your brain is uh, firing in all different directions and you're in crisis or whatever. You have to create that network of people that are going to support you. That's right. You know, we want to surround ourselves with success all the time, whenever possible. So I was taught, have an expert in every area of your life. So I'm not a lawyer. If I need to go to court, I need a lawyer. If I get sick, I need to go to the doctor. I hate doing my taxes. So I, every year I need an accountant. It drives me crazy. So I can blow, I could blow my mind off for three days trying to figure out taxes, or I could just pay somebody to do that for me. So yeah, surround yourself with experts and success and then you're free to have a nice day you know and uh, so i'm i'm also not like a on my own a spiritual giant or i i struggle in certain areas of my life so i have a coach to help get me through those areas right and i coach people through other areas too so right i was going to ask you a question because a lot of people when they're struggling with addiction they don't want to do that because of shame because of, you know, guilt, shame, whatever it is, they, they want to, a lot of times I'll just fix it myself and then I'll go get help. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which I'm like, well, it's probably not going to work because you need other people to help you. Right. Absolutely. Um, 
that's the main i mean that's a that's a huge one i don't know how on my own i do now because it's been 18 years but i didn't know how to get sober and you know when you see somebody like me or like us who have a period of sobriety under our belt or recovery or whatever you're overcoming like they see they look at me a successful healthy man who's smiling and articulate but they didn't see the hundreds of times that I stopped before 18 years ago. They didn't yeah. see the car accidents, the bankruptcies, the broken relationships, the trail of destruction that I left behind me before I got here. They just see this. So we all need a starting point and we need help to get maybe to that starting point and beyond it. Don't be afraid to ask. You know, people think that asking for help is a sign of weakness, and it's not. It's actually a sign of strength. It's a paradox. So please reach out. Reach out, whether it's me or Dwayne or whoever you need to reach out to, somebody. Because there's no shame in asking for help. In fact, it'll get you there faster. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the lessons that I've learned myself and I've gotten better at is just asking for the help that I need when I need it and not being afraid to do that and not letting whatever judgments I have about myself or whatever comes up uh, that, that wants to stop me from doing that, just doing it in spite of it, you know, going back to that willingness and that openness and, you know, that honesty, I need support. Yes. (laughs) Maybe there's something out here that's a little bit, uh, you know, I can be, they can give me something that I, I can't see. And I'm just going to be willing to do it and just do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Ask the sooner the better. I mean, that's another behavior, you know, that we've had. Remember, this is about like rewiring our subconscious mind, our subconscious thinking. This is all around beliefs and behaviors. So when I work with somebody, the very first thing we do is we write down, we identify our own harmful beliefs and our behaviors. And usually it, it comes into six categories which pretty much cover life. There's your beliefs about yourself in the following areas, your body, your romantic relationships, your fr- your family and friend relationships, your career, your finances, and your spiritual life. So those pretty much cover most of life, okay? Right. So what are your beliefs about yourself? Where are you in those six categories? And then where would you like to be in each of those six categories? So my body's here, I wanted to be here. My relationship's here. I want it to be here. My money's here. I want it to be here. Now we have goals. And now we pick one one goal at a time, not all of them, because we never get all of our big goals done at a high level. That's why New Year's resolutions never get done, right? Right. So when New Year's comes, this is the example I use. I'm going to quit drinking, write a book, start a business, fix my relationship and my health and blah, blah, blah. And then two weeks later, you're overwhelmed and you're like, screw it. I'm going to start eating cake and get drunk. And you next year, it's the same five New Year's resolutions. Yeah. But what we need to do is focus on one goal at a time. And this is focus, right? Focus. And we start knocking down each of those goals at a high level. And then all of a sudden, we start changing. And we change our beliefs and our behaviors about our, our beliefs about ourselves and behaviors that we've had maybe since we were five years old that we're not good enough or we can't do this or we can't do what this person did or whatever it is. Yeah, definitely. And and it takes a little bit of time. But I think like what you're saying, writing it down, because when you're in funky brain, 
you're just churning your stuff, you know, you're just churning your stuff around and it's like going around and around and around and you're like lost in it. So like getting, sitting down, writing your stuff down, looking at it, slowing down the process, getting feedback on your own belief systems, helping someone maybe look at those belief systems and challenge them when they're not working or they're really maybe, maybe that belief system you have you may not even realize you have that belief system because a lot of this stuff is so automatic. We've trained our brain that, you know, a lot of times I know in my experience, someone points it out and I'm like, oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah. Oh, that is interesting, <laughs> you know? And But when you start to put it down and write it down and see it, it's like you can start to actually change it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, writing is integral to my practice. So I, I give homework every single session every and usually i end up meeting with people once a week if it's somebody who's fresh in recovery sobriety getting sober sometimes we'll meet a few times a week in the beginning but eventually it's like the once a week and every week we're we're doing homework you know right. talk therapy when you get into psychology psychiatrists and going to a lot of that is talk therapy so you have a 50 minute session it takes 20 minutes to get anywhere really profound the real pain let's talk about that for 15 or 20 minutes and then i'll see you next week so that's just talk therapy and then next week you get back and where did we leave off oh that's already passed let's start here so we really need to like be taking action action is what changes you it changes us thinking is what got us here in the first place so we need to write or type or whatever it is you do and we have to do work on our subconscious mind which is running the show here uh yep. every day you know not just because dennis gave homework this week on this specific exercise to rewire this part of my brain but meditating that's homework exercise diet doing productive things every day using those tools that are going to help me change my thinking which is what got me in trouble in the first place and with that change will happen it does. And it's funny because it, it doesn't always happen the way you think it's going to. And it, in fact, it rarely does. And, you know, I'll be working. And this is the reason we need to write, because I'll be working on this one thing because this is going on in my brain this week. So Dennis gives me this homework assignment. So I'm working on this. Like, what are my beliefs about this? And while I'm doing that, my brain is slowing down. My brain, which has 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day, is slowing down to maybe 100 here. Right. So now, you know, I can actually see it now and I can also see it because I'm writing it down. And I have something tangible to work on. Right. And I can actually organize my thoughts. But while I'm doing that, I might get an answer to a problem I've had for the last 20 years that wasn't even related to this because I'm doing the work and slowing my mind down. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of churning your pain and suffering. Yeah. Or instead of just talk, talk, talk or. Because yeah. talking, it, talk therapy is only effective in about 10% of the people on a high level, right? You might get, it might work for a while. What happens is like you go to a therapist, there's some sort of crisis. It's a, a divorce, a death, a financial thing, a health problem. I go to a therapist during that time, during just this talk therapy, some time also passes, right? So mm -hmm. some of the crisis is averted because, just because of time. But we can shorten a lot of that and grow along the way with homework, with with writing, with doing and taking action instead of just thinking and talking. Right. I, I think, you know, doing therapy myself, being a therapist, 
I can definitely understand where if you just do purely talk therapy, especially with addiction, you're going to get stuck at a certain level. You need all of these you need all of these tools. You need behavior change. You need sometimes you need trauma work, which is like EMDR or somatic experiencing, and sometimes you need a good coach who's going to sit with you and help you take action. You know, like like say, okay, this is what you're doing this week. Just go do it. <laughs> right? yes. Because, you know, it's hard in the beginning. It's 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 tough. It's changes is it can be challenging. And you have somebody cheering you on from whatever place you need it, it's going to do it. Kind of going back to what we said earlier, I guess, just surround yourself with with people that are good and successful and want to support you. Find yeah. them. They're out there. Yes, they are. Reach out. Ask for help. There's Google. You know, it's funny. Part of my um, – I'll give reports for homework. So I just had one of my clients. I said I had him do a report on brain chemicals. That's why I brought that up earlier. Like it was fresh in my mind. Just this morning, I got off with him. He did a whole report on oxytocin and serotonin and melatonin and cortisol, the harmful one, the stress hormone. Yeah. Right? So he did a whole like book report on it and he did it by Google on it. So when people are like, Dennis, what do I do for this? Well, Google, I don't want you to become dependent on me. I want you to learn to become independent and at some point not need me to get through the day or to get through right. your crisis, you know? So, how do we find, like, if you need an answer to something, I want to teach you how to find it on your own, right? Google it. Yeah. And then eventually you you say, oh, well, what's going on here? I don't understand this. Let me Google that, you know? Right. Do the research. Do find the it. research yourself. And when I got done with him today, my client today, we ended up talking about a whole variety of things today. It was kind of a hodgepodge. But at the end, he's like, so what's my homework this week? See, so he was, he craves that, you know, that's how we grow. At first it's like, oh, Dennis sucks. He's a pain in the ass. He gives me all this homework. And then it's like, this is how we grow and learn. And you start to crave it. Like I want to grow all the time. When I stop growing, I die. A little piece yeah. of me dies inside. Awesome. Dennis, thank you so much. I love to ask this question as we get to the end. Um, if someone's out there struggling What's the, if you could tell them one thing, what would it be? Well, I can, it's actually a three part thing. One, you don't have to feel that way anymore. Two, you don't have to do it by yourself. And three, I'm here to help. Awesome. Awesome. Where can people find you? The best way is on dennisberry.com. From there, you can get anywhere else. So you could buy my book, listen to the podcast, schedule a free session with me right on the website. And we'll just talk for a little bit. Remember, you don't have to do it by yourself. I'm here to help. Awesome. Thank you, Dennis, so much for coming on to the Addicted Mind. I'll put all that information in the show notes as well. So you can check it out there. And just thanks for sharing your story and your wisdom. Thank you, Dwayne. I appreciate it, man. Hopefully, I'll have you on my podcast someday. I would love it. Let's make it happen. Yeah, let's do it. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Addicted Mind podcast. As usual, all the show notes will be at theaddictedmind.com forward slash 130. If you are enjoying the Addicted Mind, you're getting a lot of value out of the Addicted Mind. Please rate and review us in iTunes or think about sharing the podcast with a friend. 
And if you want to continue the conversation online, you can join our Facebook group. Just go to Facebook and type in the Addicted Mind podcast, click join, and continue the conversation there. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful, meaningful day. And I will talk to you on the next episode. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how to's for navigating all the things sober from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.